What up, everybody? It's episode um, 135 of the Words of Wade podcast. I, of course, am your host, Wade Blogs. Um, unfortunately, um, the skin cannot be here with us today. But as always, joining us, um, G Lies here. What up, G? What's going on? Uh, we're starting off a little different today. Um, unless you've been under a rock. Um, you can't know the circumstances that, that's leading us to this show. Um, unfortunately, I feel like um, we're doing this sh- this type of show too much these latest days, G. Uh, for those who are not aware, on Sunday, um, we lost arguably one of this generation's greatest ba- greatest basketball players, Kobe Bryant. Along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi Bryant, and seven other victims in a horrific helicopter accident um, in Southern California. Uh, Details of the accident are still coming out. Um, Over the past few days, we've seen tributes, um, speeches, dedications articles um, various messages to Kobe and to the victims of the the crash and Kobe is definitely a fixture in hip hop um, he even rapped he had early music early freestyles um, and definitely a fixture in my life so we, we felt it wouldn't be right for us not to talk about it and how it affects us um, I know we're not a sports podcast so we're not going to go deep into you know sports and for the record Kobe has been retired from basketball for the last four years at three four years I don't remember but um but uh Kobe did rap and he put out an album he did do that. He he tried. He did more than me. So, so let's start. Let's start here, um, where we always start when things like this happen. G, how did you hear about this? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. How did you hear about it? How did I hear about it? Yes. Um, I actually got a text. Um, I got a text from Kelly. And she asked me, did you hear or did you see that they are saying Kobe died? I'm like, no. And I instantly started scrolling through all of the social <laughs> social media feeds. I was sitting right in front of the computer. I literally typed in, Kobe Bryant died. That's what I typed in in the Google. First thing that popped up was TMZ. No shade on TMZ, but because they were the only one carrying the story, I was like, TMZ has been known to rush a story without all the details. And, you know, sometimes the facts aren't 100% and, you know, the story changes. So from there, it just 
kind of developed. I kept hitting refresh. I kept, you know, a couple more phone calls, text messages from other people. And probably within 20 to 45 minutes of the initial text from Kelly, the full story developed that it was a helicopter crash and he went down. The initial story was five people. Mm -hmm. Um, since then, of course, it's come out that it, it wasn't five, it was nine. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of been my I don't even know how to explain it or describe it. Um, it's, it's been a lot surrounding Kobe, a lot of uh, memorials for Kobe and his daughter, but I think the thing that's been sticking out to me is like the other people that were with him like with him and his daughter like it, out of out of the nine people like a whole family is gone mm -hmm. um what is it John Kerry Melissa and forgive me if I'm mispronouncing anybody's name um but that's mom, dad, and daughter. Uh, Christina, the coach. Like, her husband has three other kids that he had to try to explain it to. And, you know, he's recently spoke out that that was the most difficult thing that he's had to do. And once he said it to them they was just yelling and hollering there wasn't he didn't really know any other way to console them besides just to hold them and let them scream and yell uh Sarah Peyton you know mother mother daughter the pilot era and again forgive me if I'm mispronouncing anybody's name but it, it I don't know it's just one of those things where it just it just kind of hit me like you know Kobe's a celebrity and because he's a celebrity his his daughter's a celebrity so kind of, you know, all the attention and stories given have been towards his daughter or at certain times just him. They weren't the only two people in, in that crash. Very true. And 
the main thing that's been sticking with me is the people that's after the crash. Like even even if y'all just want to focus on Kobe and <coughs> he got a wife with three other daughters. That in itself just hits. But when I take it beyond that, like the rest of the individuals that were in the helicopter as well. Like, how do you tell a sibling that y'all was just arguing over some trivial shit? Like, you use my hairbrush. That that was y'all last conversation because you'll never get to clear that up with them any little small things that just get left on the table on our just typical day to day things I ain't like something you did you, you annoyed me and you went on about your day, but you still had that chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. But now, there's no way to clear it. I think... I don't know. I guess things just... It, it just hit me a little different, because... I'm dealing with uh, death within the family. So I guess I just related to it a different way or felt a different way about it or just hit me a different way or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. I think, well, for me, um, I first found out out Sunday morning. Um, I saw it on my um, Instagram feed. Somebody, it wasn't even TMZ because I don't follow TMZ. It was like somebody else had posted it. And I scrolled past it like, okay, whatever. Then I was like, hold on, what? What did I just see? Let me run back. But then you know how Instagram has your feed all messed up. So you, sometimes you can't go back to what you just saw. It takes you somewhere completely new. So I lost it. So then I went to Twitter. So I'm sure, you know, Twitter would know. And I started seeing everyone question it. Like everyone was saying, no, no, this can't be true. Like literally everyone was saying the same thing. This can't be true, not Kobe, not Kobe. No, no, it's impossible. And then all the rumors started. It was Kobe and Rick Fox and five other people. And it was Kobe and his kids. And it was, first it was all his kids. And it was like, no, it doesn't make sense. Like a bunch of rumors, a bunch of speculation start, started. I even posted at some point, like I'm getting off I'm getting off um, the internet right now because it's too much speculation going on, and I feel like right. I did the same. Yeah, I felt like I feel like I guess I can say we as media need to be more responsible with reporting this information instead of about being first. We need to make sure it's accurate. 
And I felt like a lot of a lot of media outlets were just trying to be first. Because if you look at the early stories, it was everyone saying TMZ is reporting. Or from TMZ. That's what I was about to say. That was that was the main thing that I saw. Any any outlet that picked it up after that reported what they wanted to report, but also made it a point to say TMZ reported it first to basically I felt like if anything that we're saying is wrong, it's because TMZ put it out there first. Which, at the end of the day, if you do your job, do your due diligence. Honestly, the sad thing TMZ only had wrong was how many people was in the crash. That's a, a completely separate when they, issue. When they initially reported, that was the that was the only thing they had wrong. Yeah, once I started reading the timeline, I started seeing celebrities. I because I don't follow a bunch of celebrities, but there's certain people I follow, and like Marshawn Lynch had tweeted like Nat Twenty Four. And, you know, they have that number in common. And, like, other people, other bloggers and other people I know are like, yo, I, did you hear this? Did you hear this? And I'm like, no, 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 it can't be possible. And just, like, it was even newscasts, like, professional newscasts were saying, hey, Kobe and his family was killed off, the, like, the whole family. And that's that's when I was like, yeah, I got I to gotta get off because it's too much. This is way yeah, too much. Yeah, I was about to say, I hadn't heard the whole family, but the only consistent thing that I had heard the entire time from the initial report to the end when everything was confirmed the only thing that was consistent was his wife was not with him I, mean, I will agree with that yeah that that, that that was the only thing that was consistent across the board it was like his wife was not in the helicopter they couldn't, couldn't they at the from the beginning, it wasn't okay. We know Kobe died. His wife wasn't with him. We don't know who else in the helicopter. That was the initial report that I got that stayed semi-consistent. And then once they started identifying other people that was on the flight plan with him, it still stayed his wife was not in the helicopter. Yeah, um, because I think the, the I saw a newscast which tweet has since been deleted, of course, where they were saying Kobe and his children, plural, and I was just I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. Right. As as a parent, and we're both parents. As a parent, I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> like like literally, I was I literally I think I even tweeted that like this is horrible. I can't believe this. And then another right, report was, was like. Him and that his was daughter. The most horrible part of it. And then they started getting the daughter confused. They were saying his oldest daughter, or his 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 youngest daughter. They, like they started getting the daughters confused because he has he has four right. daughters. Because his oldest daughter and people I see people still do it today. His oldest daughter is seventeen. Gianna Gigi, the one that passed with him was 13 she was the middle child she was the one that was with him at all the games she was the one that right. he even said like he said that he stopped going to basketball games 
but it was her who right. wanted to see the game. That's why he started going back. And the, the crazy thing about Gigi is the way she plays. Mm-hmm. I'm not even anybody who knows me like true and true, like been around me. I don't, I don't watch a lot of sports on TV, but that doesn't mean I don't, you know, I don't keep up with them from certain aspects. She played like him, like her mannerisms, like how she handled the ball, how she moved the court. It's, it was almost eerie. Like how passionate she was about the game and how much she embodied him when she was on the court. And he even said it himself that she's better than I ever was at that age. It's, it's for me, because I have daughters. And it, it, it was just tough because I, I am a self-admitted Kobe fan. Um, I think for me, and this is me being purely, purely selfish in my Kobeism, um, but I think a lot of people can identify. And this is me getting more personal with y'all I've ever gotten in, in this entire history of the show. But here we go. Uh, for me, and I wrote a piece about this on my Facebook page when it happened. When Kobe originally retired, um, I said he was my last like fan. Like he was like the last guy I was a fan of. Like sports for me changed. You know, I'm getting older in life, and I don't look at sports the same way. Kobe, for all intents and purposes, was a part of my draft class. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if I was good enough and stuck to basketball and everything, I would have been in that draft class. So, I look at it that way. So, he kind of lived vicariously through me. Well, I lived vicariously through him. Let me say that right. Um, and when he stopped playing ball, when he retired, I kind of looked at the NBA differently. I couldn't root for other people the way I rooted for Kobe. Because me and Kobe was was similar in my head anyway. Um, just so when when this happened, um, and when you break down what it was, and TNT did a great great special today. We're recording this podcast on Tuesday, like normally we don't, but a special situation. Um, they, um, Kenny Smith has said What Kobe was doing Was being a dad He had made that switch from The Black Mamba To dad And essentially that helicopter was He was being a soccer dad He was taking his kids to the game And Gee I'm sure you've done this And I've done this And every parent that's listening has done this You know you get your kids together And you go to whatever their their activity is And if somebody wants to ride You got a room Hey come on We all go in the same place anyway So there was kinship in that 
and it just it could happen to anybody and I know a lot of people and G Man you had told about this had to say well why was he taking a helicopter but he had been doing that that was his thing like he I, we have the clip and I would find the clip right now of him saying that he did that he first did that to spend more time with the kids like that was his way of and he'll explain it better than I could so let, let me go ahead and play that clip really quick practice get my shots up treatment up drive back and I can get back in time to pick the kids up from school mm -hmm. you know after school activities all that fun stuff even on weekends but then traffic started getting really really bad Right, and I was sitting in traffic, and I wound up missing like a school play because mm -hmm. I was sitting in traffic, and this this thing just kept mounting. I had to figure out a way where I could still train and focus on the craft, but still not compromise family time. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I looked into helicopters and be able to get down and back in 15 minutes, and, mm -hmm. and that's when it started. And so my routine was always the same: waits early in the morning, kids to school, fly down, practice like crazy, do my extra work, media, everything I needed to do, fly back, get back in carpool line, pick the kids up. And my wife was like, "Listen, I can pick them up." I'm like, "No, no, no. I I want to do that because, mm -hmm. like, you know, you have road trips and times where you're not, you don't see your right. kids, man. Right. You know, so like every chance I get to see them and spend time with them, even if it's 20 minutes in the car, like I want that. Stay late after practice, get my shots." Baby. So, as a parent, as a father, I feel that. Like, huh? I feel that you know you you want you want all the time you can with your kids, even if it's just sitting in the car driving them to their destination. You want those moments, and he made that decision to take the helicopter to have to. Cause he, his wife was like, "No, no, no, you're doing too much. I can do it for you." He's like, "No, no, no, I want to do that." That's my time with them. That was the that was the the thing that really like hit it for me. Like when that came up, it was just like it all stemmed from him like missing one of their events. It's like. Nah, I'm not gonna do that again. So whatever I gotta do to not miss something of theirs, I'm gonna do it. So it just became kind of like the routine. So, so this wasn't like the first time he did it. This was something he did for years. It was as simple as driving to him. Like I'm, I'm saving time so I can have more time with my kids. It's just a tough because in in, in any other, in different sports, it's it's a little different, right? With with football players, you know, you're you're not really attached to specific players because they have one reason they have helmets on. You're more attached to the team. You know what I mean? With basketball players, they're they're in a t-shirt and shorts. You see the person, the NBA, the way they. They sell individuals like they they put Jordan in our face. They put Kobe. They put LeBron. They're telling us like, "Hey, this is the guy." So we get attached to that person. 
I think more than any other sport. Yeah, that's why it's been over 800,000 people that have signed the position to make Kobe the new NBA logo. As they should. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen because the NBA is, is big on tradition, just like how Sunday night, when the game started, Trey Young, who Kobe trained and was, was Kobe's daughter's favorite player, he has said that. He changed his number to number eight to honor Kobe. And he played like the first half of that way, but the NBA was like, no, you got to change your number back. You have to go through the proper paperwork or whatever and do it. Um, we connect to players, to NBA players, to ball players differently than any other sport, like I said. And I think that's one reason why you're seeing this outpour of, of love for Kobe and Gianna and for all, everyone else. And I know, I know the, the, the narrative, of course, is Kobe and his daughter. Right, but we cannot forget the other lives, the other families that were shattered in this accident. We can't be that one-sided about this, you know. We all, and I can't tell anybody how to grieve and who to grieve for, but just remember, it wasn't just Kobe and his daughter in this accident. Just remember that, because there's there's a lot of people right now. Who are not thinking about Kobe and Gianna Unfortunately they're thinking about their loved one They lost So I definitely want to say prayers To all of them Um It's tough man it's tough I think for a lot of us G um We grew up with Kobe Think about this Kobe came into our collective Conscience at 17 years old Right he was 17 When he was drafted in 96 and he unfortunately died away at 41. That's 20 years, 23 years, 24 years. We grew up with him. We saw the good and bad with him. Think about your, your life, Uncut Nation, for the last 24 years. You grew up with Kobe. If you were conscious, because I know a lot of little kids, like my daughters don't get it. Like, yeah, Kobe, whatever, whatever. Because they're, they're about LeBron right now, you know, because... The, the social media conscience has put LeBron in their face, kind of swept Kobe under the rug as far as the basketball conversation is, as far as kids are concerned. But if you look at the NBA, just look at the outpouring of love the players are giving Kobe. Because a lot of those players grew up with Kobe as their idol. They say the measure of a man is the impact you leave on others when you leave. And I think if that's true, you can definitely say Kobe um, did what he was designed to do. He left this world in a better place than what he found it. It's tough. Um, like I, I, I had to like wean myself off of of off of um, Instagram and Facebook yesterday because that's all I saw. Like everywhere you turn was another Kobe tweet or a Kobe post or Kobe did this or a Kobe story or 
it's tough right now and I think we as a nation are grieving together even non-basketball fans um, I actually posted the, um, on my Instagram the commercial Kobe did with um, Kanye West from like uh, I don't know like 06 or 05 which is like one of my favorite sneaker commercials of all time, and I would play it, but I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll, it'll resonate <laughs> audially, if that's the word, um, like it would if you see it. But I think you know what I'm, y'all guys, Uncanation, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, it's just some some athletes, some personalities, are bigger. Than life And I think Kobe is one of those I definitely think um, He's one of those people that Will be remembered Through time Through through history. Um, I'm anxious to see what the Lakers do in tribute for him. Uh, they did, can't, well, they postponed the game they had with the Clippers that was supposed to happen tonight. They postponed it. They haven't announced a new date. Um, but I, I want to see their tribute on how they handle it. Um, apparently, they're, they're going by what his wife, um, Vanessa, wanted. And, and, and in mentioning his wife, you have to think about about this. Fidessa, that was the only man she ever loved. Like, she'd been with him since she was 17. And now she has three kids she has to raise. And the newest baby is, what, seven months? It's just, it's just tough, man. And my condolences go out to everyone. And I don't know, man. Uncarnation, it's been a tough 2020. I think I said that last show. But I reiterate, I hate this year so far. I hate this year. Anything else you want to add to that, G? So, let's move on. Let's just move on here. Um, I want to try to pick up the... I wish I had a, like a break or a musical break I can play to, to change the mood, but I really don't. Um... I want to talk about the the Grammys. Um, you know, normally what we do is every year when these award shows come around, we go over you know who won, who lost, who we think will won, all that stuff. We didn't do that this year because um, a lot of stuff happened with the Grammys. Um, there's been accusations of cheating. Well, 
not cheating cheating is not the right word for it um I'm lost words right now um, It's been accusations of Just um, What is the proper word for it I guess you kind of said cheating I can't really think of any other term For it um, The former And I'm, I'm pulling the article up now As we're speaking So you gotta forgive me for Talking a little slower than I normally do but the former head of the Grammys, um, CEO of the Grammys, I believe her name is Deborah Dugan, um, recently made a statement about how the Grammys are essentially fixed, um, which is something that we've all speculated in the industry for years, how the Grammys are um, biased towards um and I hate to say this now because the Tyler's um <laughs> was we'll talk about a little later on but they're biased towards rap and R&B acts um in her statement and I'll try to read this not in its entirety because y'all don't want to hear that from me let me see and pull this up here Deborah Dugan with the Grammys. She has stated, and I quote, actually, hold on. Y'all gotta forgive me here. I'm apparently doing this solo. Yeah, I'm not going to read this entirety because it's a very lengthy complaint. She's issued a complaint against the Grammys for, I guess, yeah, I just, or a statement, here you go. In a statement, Sam, she's saying they created a, um, there's been a transition. Essentially what she's accusing the Grammys of cheating and like I said, um, She's accusing them of sexually harassed by the general counsel to the academy. I'm reading directly from an article here listed on, um, we're not going to name the website because y'all don't care. Um, but she's issued a complaint, a charge of discrimination. Um, she was placed on administrative leave um, 10 days before the Grammy Awards over alleged misconduct complaint. Uh, she's... And because of that, she's listed sexual I'm sorry, sexual harassment allegations against Joel Katz. She's claiming that she was harassed in May of 2019 um, during a board meeting in California. Um, and then she went on to say um, he was. He told her he was. She was pretty for his baby. A lot of things. A lot of messy, messy things. Essentially saying that the the corruption in Grammy voting 
she says that um, there's a voting process that ultimately controls in large part who is nominated for Grammy Awards. Um, after the full 21,000 person academy votes on potential nominees, another separate committee votes for each category to narrow down the nominees from the top 20 artists per award. Now, these secret committees are they're referred to in the complaint that she's listed, consistently made up of members who represent artists uh, for per, uh, potential nominations. The lawsuit refers to one instance in, in which an unnamed artist ranked near the bottom of the potential category for Song of the Year allegedly sat in on the nominees meeting along with the board member who represents them and despite that artist's low rank, this artist learned the nomination, beating out superstars like Ed Sheeran and Ariana Grande. So essentially, Uncanation, what she's saying is that an artist is represented by someone that's on the committee. So the committee, in turn, looking out for the artist, may put that artist over a better-known person. Um, Example I can give you offhand, and unfortunately, I'm not big on the Grammys, so I don't really give a fuck. Um, but like when Macklemore won an award over Kendrick Lamar, we all know who should have won that award that year, but apparently, people had it their way. So that's going on with the Grammys right now a lawsuit, she alleges. And then on top of that, the Grammys actually happened. Um, Alicia Keys hosted the Grammys, she came out and um, beautiful, stunning And her open monologue Definitely gave respect to Kobe She said it's there in the Staples Center Which is the, the stadium Or the arena That the Lakers play in And she had stated you know, Very clearly this is the house that Kobe built Which is I think everyone Accepts and, and Agrees with that right now Going through the awards real quick I will not read off all the nominees I'm not going to read all the awards Just going to let y'all know who won some of these important awards here Apparently Billy English won a lot of awards With When We Fall Asleep Where Did I Go for Album of the Year um, Record of the Year for Bad Guy Song of the Year Bad Guy And Best New Artist All these went to Billy English um, Best Pop Solo Performance was Lizzo with Truth Hurts uh, best Pop Duo um, Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus Old Town Road um, Best R&B Performance or Best R&B Song I'm sorry um, Say So with PJ Morton and JoJo um, Best R&B Album Ventura Anderson Pop. Um, best Rap Performance Was a Beautiful Moment Racks in the Middle um, Nipsey Hustle Featuring Roddy Rich and Hit Boy and there was a moment where um, Lauren Hill came on the stage and accepted the award for Nipsey. Um, was Nipsey's grandmother and Nipsey's brother, Black Sam. Um, best song was A Lot with 21 Savage and J. Cole. Um, best rap album, um, Tyler the Creator won with Eagle, which he did issue a statement after the, the award saying that, um, well, I'll tell you what, I, I, won't, I won't tell you what Tyler said. Let's, let's hear what Tyler said. I think I have that saved. Because what he said made me think about some things like, hey, he, he might be writing this. 
he might absolutely be right. If I can find it. <laughs> this is a part of the show where my co-host would say something. But apparently that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. <laughs> well, essentially what Tyler says is he doesn't like the name Urban because he feels like that's that's just a new way of saying the N-word, of saying so he doesn't, he doesn't like when he wins things and it says best urban music or whatever. Best best urban song, which he has a great point. Um, saying it's a politically, politically correct way to say the N-word. Um, looking for the actual quote. I have all these things from Tyler, but no actual quote of this. I apologize for y'all incarnation. I've been throwing off. I'm throwing off a little bit. Here we go, I have the quote. The voting process at the Grammys, has any of that affected the way that you're looking at winning this award today? Uh, I'm half and half on it. Um, on one side, I'm very grateful that uh, what I made could just be, you know, uh, acknowledged in a world like this. Um, but also, it sucks that whenever we, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre-bending or that's anything they always put it in a rapper urban category which is and i don't like that urban word it's just a politically correct way to say the n-word to me so when i hear that i'm just like why can't we just be in pop why can't it just, you know what i mean so I, I felt like half of me feels like the the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment like oh uh my little cousin wants to play the game let's give him the unplugged controller so he could shut up and feel good about it that that's what it felt like a bit um that's a that's a, that's a powerful statement from tyler and i kind of we kind of had a conversation on the show where he shouldn't that album there was no rapping on that album it was put as a rap album because he's technically a rapper but if you take his statement for what it is yeah it's kind of a backhanded compliment Excuse me, y'all. Do a lot of talking. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think about that. Incarnation. Hit me up in the comments. In the, in the, don't slide on my DM. Don't do that. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know the vibes. Let me know what you think. Do you agree with what Tyler said? Because I think he has a very, very valid point. Do I think it'll change anything? No. But I think he has a good point. Let's go on with the, uh, see the nominees here. Anything else we care about? Um, no, I think that's it. Well, best urban contemporary album, I'm Lizzo, Cause I Love You. Um, I think that's pretty much it of the categories we care about. Well, best music film, Homecoming by Beyonce. Um, best spoken word album 
Michelle, Michelle Obama becoming. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. That's all the the Grammy information that we care about. The Grammys did air this Sunday, so y'all go. I'm sure you can go on YouTube or whatever and see all the highlights of it, of the Grammy Awards. Um, continuing on with the rundown, just want to mention really quick here, because um, I'm about to get out of here. Uh, let's see, uh, Lil Wayne's new album, The Funeral, is set to release January 31st. Um, January 31st, Lil Wayne's new album, The Funeral. Completely new album, no old leftover tracks from years ago, whatever. Completely new album, completely new music. I know a lot of y'all are really excited about that, so make sure y'all check it out. Lil Wayne's album, The Funeral, will be in stores, available in your phones, anywhere music is sold, <laughs> um, January 31st. Um, one more thing I want to mention for we, before I get out of here, apparently. Um, Chance the Rapper recently went on, well, not went on, um, it's recently been announced that Chance is going to revive the TV show Punked. For those who don't know or are too young to remember, um, Punked was hosted by Ashton Kutcher um, from like that 70s show and stuff like that, where he would, I guess, prank celebrities. He would um, pull these elaborate schemes on celebrities and, you know, like videotape their reaction. Um, it, it aired on MTV. It was kind of one of the first shows of its kind with celebrities because we had a lot of, you know, prank shows, but they weren't like celebrities or whatever. But this is going to be um, just a re, uh, 2020 version of it. And it's actually going to be on a new platform. And I want to make sure I pronounce this right. It's called Quibo. Think I'm pronouncing that. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Hope if I'm not, y'all correct me in the comments, of course. Um, Quibo is a platform especially designed for cell phones. Because, you know, a lot of us do things on our phones more than we do on regular TV. So Quibo or Quibi is a mobile platform. Um, Chance will be the director. Um, he's actually posted the trailer online. I think Meg the Stallion's in the trailer. It will set set to premiere on April the sixth. So y'all make sure y'all check it out. Um, each episode is going to be about ten minutes or less. They say. Like I said, it's a mobile platform. Maybe a new app or something. Download your phone. Watch the episode. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Offset and Kiki Palmer also set to appear on the debut. So make sure y'all check it out April 6th. With that being said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, I think that's it. That's all I got for you. Since we have nothing streaming, clearly. Do you got nothing, anything streaming? No, nah, we got nothing streaming. So yeah, we got nothing streaming. Uh, normally at this point of the show, I leave you with my quote, you know, what we always do and uncut and blase blind wooty woot. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna leave y'all today with a word from the greatest Laker of all time and one of the greatest players of all time and one of my personal favorite players. I wanna once again say rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. 
um, rest in peace, Gigi Bryant, and all those that we lost Sunday in the tragic accident. Make sure you go home, hug your loved ones. Fathers, hug your daughters, protect them. Um, hug your wives. I saw a tweet that said, we often underestimate the importance it is of just getting home. So if you listen to this in the car, don't take that for granted. You left today and you made it home. Some people didn't. So we'll see y'all next week. And word from Kobe. Hello, everyone. I'm so sorry I can't be with you tonight. However, I couldn't completely miss the chance to take a moment to share some thoughts with all of you. The lesson I cherish the most is how important it is to love what you do. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, uh, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me stronger. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find it. So with that, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Please know I'm thinking of you, supporting you, and encouraging you always. Peace.